Hey there, it's the Gold Digger Mom Podcast, the podcast about moms creating their own opportunities to help inspire you to create your own opportunity, whether it's a side hustle or a full-time business. I'm your host, Lydia Poole. Thank you so much for joining me. Carrie Martin is on the show today talking about coaching other female entrepreneurs on meal planning and making food for their families. And I find this to be such a fascinating business model because you don't need a ton of clients to have a successful business. Um, depending on what your goals are, you could just have a handful because what you're doing is you're giving somebody a really tailored VIP service, providing a solution to a problem that they have. And that's one of the things that Carrie and I talked about. She's really honed in on a particular niche of mom entrepreneurs who are running their businesses, who are busy and don't have the time to think about feeding their families, but have to feed their families. One of the interesting things about talking to Carrie was that she's in this transition phase from being um, a personal chef where she was doing in-person making food for people to switching to an online model of coaching because she has recently become a mom. And this is what works better for her. Um, It's more flexible. It's more scalable also. I mean, there's just a limit to how much food that you can prepare for other people in person. Carrie is finding her clients online by building relationships with people, specifically in Facebook groups. She's also doing the more traditional route of having a website and blogging. Her website is called kitchenlifetransformation.com. And she has also started her own Facebook page called Love Your Kitchen Life. So those are some things that you can check out about her as well. I think Carrie's story is really interesting and inspirational, and I hope you enjoy the show today. Well, my business is Kitchen Life Transformation, and I help female entrepreneurs feed their families well in less time so they can focus more on their business. So I help uh, women get kind of get their act together in the kitchen, if that makes sense. Um, It's sometimes something that kind of gets lost in all the things that we do uh, coming and going, especially when we have a business or, you know, our professional working women. And so I help kind of refocus on that and get a plan in place. So it's not something that takes up kind of mental space and mental energy and when you look up at 5.30 and you've had, you know, you've been working hard all day and the family's hungry, you know what to say. <laughs> I know what's for dinner. Yeah. I know how to make it. And it's not going to take me too long. Yeah. Um, I can obviously see a real need for that. So I can <laughs> understand. So tell me what that like looked like for, is it uh, like coaching or is it more like you have a, a website where people can get because I know there are websites where you can get like a sort of a generic meal plan every week or grocery list. Yeah, no, that's a great question. And what makes my business different is I am a coach and the meal plans are personalized to you, the meals and the meal plans. So what I do is I meet with a client and I have a a pretty extensive questionnaire that I give them and ask them really what I'm trying to find out is what is their kitchen personality. And what I mean by that is what appliances do you love to use? Like what do you even own? Or what do you love to use? What kind of time do you have every night? Or do you have a day of the week that you like to prep or two days? Um, What kinds of things do you like to eat? So I definitely take into account foods that you're allergic to or foods you just don't like. 
um, as well as the whole family. So I find out everything that you want to eat, everything you don't want to eat, maybe have some genre of food. I was um, working with a woman a couple of weeks ago who said we've just like totally Mexican out. <laughs> like don't give us okay. any Mexican recipes. Yeah. So as we work together, that will probably come back around because her family likes them, but she's just totally in a rut. So all of those kinds of things that are kind of happening in the kitchen that you're trying to balance, I gather all of that information and I also want to say here that I am in no way a nutritionist or dietitian. So if a client comes to me and says, I have these nutritional restrictions or I want to eat this but not that or I'm allergic to this or that, I definitely can accommodate those things, but I can't recommend mm-hmm. them. Right. How often are you communicating with your clients? Well, I have – that depends on the client, but I – have a standing meeting every other week. And then in between I'm available for strategy questions or a recipe question, or, you know, I don't know what part of the grocery store to find full fat coconut milk, you know, whatever, whatever comes up. So I'm in pretty regular communication with my clients, but as far as the strategy coaching sessions, that's every other week. Can you tell me a little bit about starting this and your background a little bit, how you got into it, what gave you the idea? Sure, sure. Uh, I would love to. (laughs) I was, actually, I'm a physical therapist by training. And so I did that for a lot of years. And then I left that and took a break. And one thing I love to do is spend time in the kitchen. And I always have. I didn't learn how to cook growing up. Uh, I, my mom like put meals together is kind of how I put it, but I wouldn't say she was a cook or a chef, you know, there was just food on the table, but I really enjoyed spending time in the kitchen, kind of discovering new ingredients and how to cook things. And so I spent a lot of time there and as you, you know, just get to know people and build friendships and relationships that people kind of find this out about you. And so when I stopped working, I was just talking to friends about, you know, some of the recipes I was making and how I was experimenting making this gluten-free thing or this dairy-free thing. And so I had some friends who um, either they, they had a request or knew somebody who said, oh, I'd love for you to make this for me or that for me. And so what that grew into was basically a personal chef business. And so I was doing that and then, and I loved that. I loved being able to similar situation, kind of taking their particular needs and requests and creating great food for their families. And then we had a baby. And so we knew the baby was coming along and Cooking for people is, as you may imagine, not scalable at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it takes a yeah. lot of time and a lot of energy. And I really loved it, but I knew that I wouldn't have the time for that. So I thought, what what can I do? You know, how can I morph this? And so I spent some time talking to the people who I was cooking for or, you know, who would be interested in that and said, really, what's the heart of why you work with me or what you're really looking for in the kitchen, what's missing. And Mm -hmm. that's how this all came about is I really discovered that these women wanted to cook for their families. And actually some of the people who had chef services 
felt bad about it. You know, they, mm-hmm. they weren't 100% in on that because there was a part of them that wanted to be doing the cooking for their families. And so that was something, you know, that was kind of a common thread between everyone I talked to. And so I knew that there was that desire. A lot of women have that desire, but it's totally overwhelming. And the other thing is I, the other kind of common thing I heard is this expectation that we should just automatically know how to do this in the kitchen. And that one was, I I don't know, that one surprised me a little bit, but once I thought about it, it makes sense as women, I think we think that we're just supposed to know how to do this and, and we, and there's no reason to have that expectation. I tell women, it's just like starting a business. You don't know how to automatically do it. You have to learn. And so I really knew that the core of my business was women who wanted to feed their families well and be the ones making the meals but it to, for it to be as simple as possible. And so that's kind of how this all came about. And there are families with, you know, people who like all different kinds of things. And how do you put a recipe together when you know that it's, you know, no mushrooms and tomatoes, but only if they're like this and all these different yeah. things that are kind of spinning through your head. And you can get totally lost in a black hole on the internet of just searching for recipes and, you know, you find one that looks good, but it doesn't meet everyone's criteria. And so there's just a lot of pressure there. And so I really wanted to create something that relieved that pressure and let women know that there is help and I meet them where they are. Yeah, I think that that's interesting. I mean, first of all, I've, you know, the heart of successful businesses most of the time are like finding a need and mm-hmm finding a solution to a problem, you know, which is what you're doing. I think something that, that I don't know if you know the story behind this, but um, so like after World War II with, there were all these sort of like prepackaged meals that were created during that time. And the manufacturers were like, we're going to get them in stores. They're like completely like people don't even need to cook anymore. Mm. Right. So they put them in stores and women didn't want to do it because they were like, no, I, I need to like make the food for my family. Mm. And they found out like for specifically, like if you look at like a cake box, you know, to make a, a cake from a box, they found out if you, if you have people put in eggs and like one other thing, they feel like they've made it. So they don't even need to do that. Like they could, they could put it on the shelf where you just pour it in a pan, you know, like there's no reason for the egg not to be in there other than we want to do it ourselves. Yeah, that is so And so, they, cha- they changed it after they researched that. And I'm like, that's kind of like what you're talking about. Of yeah. People people want to do it for themselves. And I, I think you also see that with like the rise of like Blue Apron and those mm-hmm. other um, meal delivery where you're getting food, but you're you're having to make it yourself. It's kind of tapping into that. Yeah. That yeah. desire that people have. Yeah, I understand that. Um, so have you always been entrepreneurial? Is that something that you always thought you would do? Not at all. Not at all, <laughs> actually. Um, yeah, no, I went to college and just had a career, you know, studied uh, physical therapy and did that and just kind of followed along. And it really was when I kind of slowed down from that. And I, I loved my career. I wasn't really looking to wasn't looking for something new. I just kind of wanted a break. I was a little bit burnt out. And, um, and I knew it's funny because I, 
I always love to cook and I love to be in the kitchen. And I thought to myself multiple times, if I turn this into a business, because over the years, you know, people have said, oh, you should cook for people or, you know, you should bottle that or whatever. And Mm -hmm. if I make this a business, I'm not going to enjoy it anymore. You know, it's so I just kind of thought that in the back of my mind. And so this has been a really good eye-opener for me because it lets me use my skills and help while not totally overwhelming me. And, you know, when I get in my kitchen, it's just about me and my family. And I still cook for some people, but, um, you know, it doesn't it doesn't just run me ragged serving other people to the point that, you know, you just get burnt out on that. So I never, I honestly, for years, never thought about it and actually thought to myself, if I make this a business, I won't enjoy it. (laughs) So what do you feel like pushed you over that hump of, of doing it? So it was really, it started so slowly that I think I kind of didn't realize it because people were really tapping into me talking about, well, I made this gluten-free or I made this dairy-free or whatever it was that they were allergic to or couldn't eat. And so then it was just kind of like, oh yeah, I'll help you out. Here's this. It's, you know, it's gluten-free or whatever. And so it started so slowly that I guess I didn't kind of realize it. And then I didn't do it long enough that I got, and it wasn't big enough that I got burnt out on it before we knew the baby was coming. And so I had to transition. And then Mm -hmm. I'd already realized I have knowledge and skills that would help other people. So tell me about how you're finding your clients now. Uh, Well, I find my clients uh, in just different communities that I'm a part of. So really through relationships, um, like in-person relationships or online or well, so far online, mostly. Um, okay. I, because I cooked, you know, for, you know, of course, locally, I, when I transitioned my business online, I really wanted to, what I get when I talk to people locally is I want you to cook for me. And so I wanted that, that line to be so clear, like I don't Mm -hmm. cook for, I don't cook anymore. Yeah. That I really focused online first. So, um, so I'm getting, I get my clients through online relationships, whether that's a Facebook group or through podcasts or, uh, you know, that kind of thing. Do you have a website? Yes. Yep. Kitchenlifetransformation.com is my website. Okay. And when did you get that? running up and running? Um, let's see, probably about six months ago, the website got started. Um, I didn't, I didn't necessarily need it. You know, I didn't like come to a place where I was like, okay, I've got to have a website now. Yeah. But I, I felt like it was something I wanted to do. I totally agree with, you know, there's advice out there about, you know, you don't have to have a website because it really is relationships is really Mm -hmm. what, kind of fuels the business. And so, but I felt like I wanted one and I actually was not blogging in the beginning. And so I didn't need it for that. I just wanted to have something that, you know, made me feel a little bit more, you know, quote unquote official, or it's kind of your storefront. And so it was, I had gotten to a place in the business where I wanted 
you know, I, I wanted that. So I blog now. And so I have, you know, a blog associated with my website, but are you, do you feel like people are finding you that way? Or do you think they're still finding you like the way you were doing it before? Yeah, no, I think they were fine. I think people are still finding me mostly through relationships. I don't think people, I think webs website traffic takes a really long time to develop. So I would say I'm, I don't know if confidence the right word, but I have taken the advice of others that it takes months for, um, your blog SEO to build up, um, for those keywords to, you know, kind of get out there when people search. So I work on that and I work on it consistently and I have no expectation at this point that that is going to drive anything because I know that that's gonna, you know, every once in a while I go down that path and it's frustrating, but, um, you know, I have to just say this is an investment in the long term. Okay. So talk me, talk to me a little bit about, um, this process of finding clients. I'm really fascinated by, so you're on message boards. Are you on is it Facebook? Is it, I mean, where are you? So I'm only on, on Facebook. Um, okay. That's where I have built my business. And so far that has worked for me in terms of the pace I want to grow. And so I do have a five month old. <laughs> so, yeah. um, you know, I intentionally move this at a pace that is manageable to me. And so I am on Facebook and I am in various Facebook groups. I mean, naturally just being in groups where moms are, um, where women are, you, the, the topic of meal planning and food comes up. And so Mm -hmm. it's a very natural, um, topic. And even before I had the business, I was, you know, I was talking to people about that kind of thing. So that was just kind of natural, a natural conversation. So those just kind of continue. And then, I have a Facebook group, uh, so I, uh, talk to women in, of course, in my own Facebook group. And then I do guest blogging, um, guest podcasts, that kind of thing. And, you know, just kind of start the conversation. And as I say, a lot of people want to talk about it and it's definitely not for everybody. So would you like, if you're on a message board and somebody is posting about, uh, food prep or something and you jump in the conversation would you at some point are you like hey I have this business can I private message you is that that's a good question I I don't find that I do that that often in terms of saying I have a business people will so in the groups that I'm in that are female entrepreneurs I think everybody kind of gets it I'm obviously a female entrepreneur because I'm in the group and yeah, so okay. people will maybe message me separately after we've, you know, had a little conversation, you know, several people are in a conversation about a meal or something. And, okay. Um, you know, somebody will message me and just say, you know, I found your comments helpful or whatever. Um, but I'm not, I'm not shy to say if I really am in a conversation with somebody that I feel like I could help, um, I will, you know, I will let them know. I just don't find that I have to do that very often. Okay. Cause I'm like, there's that line between making people feel like you're sort of like spamming them or yeah. whatever and having conversations with people. And I know that, you know, of course, I think everybody's been in online situations where people are 
just quick to jump to the cell, you know, like, and then, you know, you're like, no, I just had a question or whatever, you know, so I'm interested in that process that you have. I've been on the other side of that and it's, you know, it can be frustrating um, if they don't tell you what they do and kind of try to um, contact you outside of the group or they do tell you right away. It's just, it's a hard, you know, that is a hard thing. And, And I just try to be helpful. And then if I feel like it's naturally good, anytime I start to think to myself, I'm forcing this or she didn't ask that, or then I just, I don't, you know, but if it naturally comes to that. Okay. And it's interesting because, um, one of the pieces of advice that I get over and over again, uh, random people in groups will tell me this because they click on my profile and my profile is, totally it's totally private like you can't see anything on my Facebook page I don't on my personal page I don't say what I do because um we had our daughter is adopted and so we just have some privacy things right now and Mm -hmm. so um I think in the absence of that when I do connect my profile I think people will more naturally and this is another reason why I don't really do that because I know for me if I'm in a group and I like the I like the things somebody's saying, I click on their profile and it says I work at XYZ business. And okay. I just click on it and find them. And so knowing that that's how I naturally do it, I want that to be how people can find me and it isn't right now. So I do think that's an area that um you know will hopefully help me once I'm in a place where I can do that. But yeah. I always tell people that I recommend you do that because as I say, being on the other side of it, that's how I would find somebody. I wouldn't say in the group, like, Oh, message me. I want to know more about your business. I would just like what they're talking about, go to their profile and contact them, you know, look at their business. So when I con, so when I contact them, it's, I clearly know you're a business. You're clearly, you know, have said something I like. So it's just totally transparent. This is why I'm yeah, because I saw your website or whatever. Yeah, well, that's good. I like that. Um, that, yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. <laughs> you could. There's a lot of people online who could heed that advice. I think and yeah. <laughs> would would be better off for it. Uh, tell me a little bit about how much you're working right now on this. I would probably say I work probably ten hours a week, and okay. that's you know some weeks it's more. It it depends on like how tired am I when she naps? Do I want to nap right now or do I want to work right now? (laughs) Yeah. So before she came along, I was, you know, working more than that. Um, But now I am, it's, I'm at that place where I'm trying to make it consistent with in a context that's inconsistent. And so I have to be real with myself and say, I could probably find two hours a day. I mean, I think that's very smart for, I mean, depending on your, what your goals are, but of setting that goal and, and also creating a business that you can work little bits here and there, um, you know, for sort of mom life, that's a smart way to go. (laughs) Yeah. The flexibility. I mean, that's, that's a really big deal. And one thing I ran into that, um, your listeners can probably relate to is I, you know, when somebody contacts you and they're interested in your, in your business, you, you're eager to talk to them. You know, they, they maybe want to schedule a call with you or, you know, talk to you more. And I really struggled with, 
how many days can I, because I have a scheduling system and it's like, you want to have a lot of options for people. And I'm like, I can really, I really only have two days a week that, you know, I can really put down for calls that I know that I would be free. Cause you really do, if you're doing it that way, you really do have to know that you're, you could actually take the phone call because if right. it's on your system and schedules it. And so I really, you know, I struggled with that because I'm thinking to myself, well, what if somebody, what if I'm chatting with somebody online on Tuesday and I don't have an open slot until Saturday, you know? And yeah. so I really had to, I don't know, just kind of back up. And it's like, if they're interested, they're interested. They're going to be interested four days later. It's, yeah. it has to be. And so there's a lot of that that I have to just kind of pull back and say, this is just how it is. I have certain days I have to have boundaries. And cause before I did that, I was kind of driving myself and my husband crazy. Like, Oh, I want to try to fit this call in because somebody's interested. And it's like, then the business starts running you. And so I'm trying to learn that early and she's forcing me to, my daughter's forcing me to learn that early, which is good. So I think I find coaching in general, really fascinating because this model that you have can translate into for a lot of women of different expertise that they have, you know, and thinking through, what do I know about? What kind of problems can I fix for people? I find it really fascinating because you also don't have to have that many people either. I mean, like you're saying, you're scaling up to what you can even accommodate at this point. Um, It's not like some business models where you need literally millions of people, eyeballs on your website or whatever. Um, You know, that's not, you don't need that kind of traffic. Okay, let's talk a little bit about money. Okay. Uh, can you tell me what you charge people? Uh, yes. So I have a service. I have a couple kind of levels of service. And so I have one level that is the, it still has the personalization, but it has uh, kind of less of the coaching. And so that is $2.99, uh, $2.99 a month. And then my coaching packages are three-month packages, and that also, I have a basic package, and I have, like, a VIP package, and that is based on uh, what kind of, basically, what kind of um, availability you want me to have, you know, how much content we have, how much coaching there is, as well as uh, the number of meals, so I have some clients who um, want to strategize breakfast, lunch, and dinner. They want to do all of that. I find that to be much less common than, um, you know, they just want a dinner, you know, dinner at the table. And so those have, um, those are at different price points based on, you know, what the, what the client needs and, um, and what kind of time frame we're looking at. But the three month package is it, it's about $1,500 for the basic package. So tell me if you had a, a top tip for, uh, a mom entrepreneur or somebody wanting to start something, what would your tip be? Ask for help and ask for help in areas that perhaps have nothing to do with your business. So uh, whether outsource is the word you want to use or asking for help or however it is, it can be your family members, it can be friends, it can be outsourcing it to someone you pay, it can be outsourcing it to somebody where you swap services, whatever it is, there are so many areas. If you really looked at your life, running a household, having a family, 
running a business, all of that is like three jobs in one. And so to look at all the different things that you do, whether it's laundry or yard care or grocery shopping or, you know, in my case, meal planning or house cleaning. So there's all those things that I think women overlook that are because it's not related to your business. You don't think it's an investment in your business Hmm. and it is. And so it's an investment in your mental health. (laughs) Um, And this is probably true whether, whether you're running a business or not, but to get help in those areas where it makes sense. And once I started doing that in different areas of my life, it amazed me how I let go of how much stuff might cost for the mental space that it gave me um, to be present with my daughter when I'm with my daughter and be present in my business when I'm doing my business and with my husband when I'm with my husband and cleaning the house when I'm cleaning that whatever it is you're doing you know it really allows you to be focused on what you're doing and so ask for help you were not born knowing how to do this automatically you have to learn um building a business is challenging so that would be probably my number one tip is is ask for help do you are i mean you sound like a very confident person to me but are are there times where you have to deal with discouragement and uh, you know do you do you get have those moments where you're like why am i doing this what you know What's the point of that? Oh, yeah. I mean, there's definitely moments where I'm like, I can't do this. I can't. I mean, you're I'm at my laptop trying to do something because she's napping and the nap lasts 10 minutes instead of an hour. I mean, you're (laughs) losing your mind. You're like, I'm just going to take this laptop and open this window. And this laptop is going out the window because I can't, you know, (laughs) I mean, you just absolutely have those moments and you think, I can't do it, or I'm a bad mom, or I'm a bad business owner, or all of those things go through my head at different points, and uh, my husband has become very good at just listening and saying, how about we don't make any decisions right now? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So I haven't thrown anything out the window yet, but, um, you know, grace, and it's what I was talking earlier about having a business kind of accountability partner, and um, having that person, I do find it's helpful if it's somebody who also is in this entrepreneurial world because they can relate mm-hmm. to you who just like, you know, when you Facebook message them or pick up the phone or whatever, they have just a heaping dose of grace for you because that's what you need is somebody to just say, you, you know, you're good at this or don't worry about that right now. And there's so many times that people have just like help me step back and say, this is like a really big life I have. This is a big world. There's a lot of different aspects to my life. And this one, you know, this one little thing that didn't get done is it'll get done. Get done later. doesn't have to be done right now. And so, yes, I absolutely have those times where I just, I'm going to throw in the towel. And a couple weeks ago, I was texting with a business friend of mine and I was like, we need to talk soon. I'm going to throw it in the towel. (laughs) (laughs) So it definitely happens. And that's the, you know, part of the fun of it is getting to that point where you're just like, I cannot do this and then doing it. (laughs) You know, it's like if you didn't have those moments, there's would be nothing hard about it. And then doing it, 
you know, doesn't feel as amazing. And so I try to take them all, you know, as what they are. And as I always say, feelings aren't facts. And so I try not to make decisions. My feelings. (laughs) I like that. (laughs) That's good. Give it a few days. That's a good mantra. (laughs) Yeah. Give it a few days and run it past a couple people before you decide to just totally shut down. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's great advice about having another female entrepreneur or friend that you can get support from. And I know I have, I have somebody like that in my life that um, I feel like I need more though. Cause I feel like with, if I were, I don't know, this whole, if I were a man, I feel like I would have more, if I had my one person that I, you know, connected with, we could do it like consistently. But I feel like when you're like a mom and maybe with another mom, both of your lives are so like unpredictable that I'm like, I would love to like, meet with that person once a week yeah. or, you know, whatever, but it's, it's really difficult. So I'm like, I feel like I need like four of them. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that somebody's available at all times, yeah. you know, yeah. but I do think that that's really good um, to build that, that support system. Is. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about starting your Facebook group. Uh, well, my Facebook group is pretty young, um, but it's just, it, it's a great place to give people tips and advice is kind of how it started. And then as it grows, you know, people just start talking about their own things and helping each other out and connecting with each other. So um, what's it called? What's the group called? um, Love your kitchen life. Okay. Yeah. And so do you feel are people just finding it and joining it? Or are they people that you No, they're people I share They're people I connect with, or I have people say a friend of mine told me about this, but it's connected with a friend. So they're not randomly finding it. I think that, you know, a lot of people have said to me recently about with this algorithm change of Facebook of doing a business page, like less and less people are feeling like that's where it's at because, you know, or feeling like Facebook just wants you to pay for, you know, advertisement Mm -hmm. and not that that's, that can be a effective business strategy, but, um, but the Facebook groups are interesting to me because that's, that's kind of, uh, you know, it's outside of that. And you can really cultivate, I don't know, the numbers compared to what the numbers game that people were able to do with the business pages before, but you can cultivate um, people, I don't know if loyalty is the right word, but um, people who are, are very connected to you, I guess is probably the right way of saying that. And, and that's a very valuable thing. And also free so yeah, on Facebook, okay. right? So that's a, you know, bonus points, right? For something that you're not having to pay extra to do. Yeah, and, definitely. And they don't have to pay to be a part of it. And so, yeah, it's really a community of people who are interested in the same topic. And so that's, you know, I think that's so helpful is it, it really allows you to kind of narrow down and, you know, your business page, somebody might be interested in, in, in my case, the topic is pretty big. And so you can have a lot of people interested in a lot of different things about food, but when people find out about your group and they know specifically what's happening inside the group, you get an audience and a community that is really there because they want to know about that specific thing about your topic. And so that's really nice. And, uh, you know, it, it just has, you know, just kind of grows organically and, 
right now, you know, my group is small and that's good. I, you know, I kind of like it that way. I can see though, I hear all the time, oh, as your group gets bigger, it actually gets easier. And I can see that you have to spend less time because there's just so many people talking, you know? Right. Because there's more people talking among themselves. Yeah. It's like if you host a social event and there's two people, you have to talk to those two people. (laughs) 20 people, they start talking to themselves. You're not the one, you're not the center. Um, Then I guess after you get more activity in your group, Facebook promotes it. But right now it's just because I've. Oh, okay. I didn't realize that. That's interesting. Yeah. I've heard that again. Facebook changes like every day, but um, yeah, that's the last thing I heard about groups. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for doing this. This is really interesting. And enjoyed it. uh, Yeah. I appreciate it. Thanks so much to Carrie for being on our show today. I hope you guys enjoyed that interview as much as I did. Be sure to check out her website, kitchenlifetransformation.com. Also, be sure to check out her Facebook group, Love Your Kitchen Life. As always, you can jump over to golddiggermom.com to check out the show notes from today's show. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope you join me again soon.